So today on Behind the Creation, we have Simon Rose, the founder and MD of Meadway Group. Meadway Group was founded in 2009 by Simon Rose and enjoys a gilded history of multi-award winning developments. Their extensive portfolio includes superpine mansions from Belgravia into Surrey, hotels, state-of-the-art schools and luxury apartments. Each Meadway development is designed and constructed using the very finest materials and advanced technology, delivering a truly aspirational property for each of its clients. Hi Simon, thank you very much for joining us today. We'd like to start from the beginning of your career, so what was your first job and how did you get into the property industry? Yeah, hi guys, thanks for having me on. I'm um, incredibly grateful that you actually want to even listen to me, but, but, but I'll do my very best. So growing up in Surrey in southwest London, I was surrounded by incredible property and when I went into estate agency fresh from university it was what i call the golden years and when i say the golden years when you drive around um southwest london and surrey um all those years ago there was hoarding everywhere and some really fantastic developers were around back then some of them still exist today some of them some of them don't but there were some fantastic mansions being built back then and i would drive around as a as a, um, a young man and see these amazing houses and i just knew that that's what i wanted to do i had no idea how i was going to do it i didn't have any idea how i was going to achieve it certainly no one was going to lend me any money back then um to uh, to enable me to do it but i knew that's what i wanted to do and i just focused on it i actually had mood boards um but if you've heard of you know mood boards by you know speakers like <laughs> John Asaraf and uh, Jack Canfield and, and and Bob Proctor and those kind of people, but they always recommended that if you wanted to achieve something, to put pictures up all around you. And I remember around my desk when I was about twenty-one years old, I had a, a couple of uh, brochures, Knight Frank brochures of Mon- mansions on St George's Hill, which is a big luxury estate in a place called Weybridge in Surrey, and I just and I put those mansions up by my screen before I'd really ever built anything and I and I stared at them all the time and I knew that that is what I wanted to do with my life and uh, luckily I guess it paid off and we've built lots of mansions now but it was it was um it was something I always knew I wanted to do and um, that's really interesting because I've just read the book The Secret yeah even in the last few months I've really noticed um just a lot more progression because i'm kind of focused on where i want to be in the next few years and it just it kind of leads you down that direction so i think it is really important um to have a goal to have these mood boards which you can tell you tell yourself where you want to be yeah I've, and i've always done that and i've had you know I, i've had an unwavering um goal to be um a developer and own a construction company and i've had you know i've I've just strived towards that vision constantly without giving up through all of the failures and there have been lots of failures as i was saying on instagram you'll you'll look at all the pictures and you see all of the successes but you know for you know cards on the table you know this is business and there have been lots and lots of failures and um, I've learned from every single one of them. There's things I would never, ever do again. Um, and, 
you learn from your failures in business and, and, and in life. And you, I guess talking about, you know, law of attraction and um, things like that, I, I think if you, you really do become what you think about, and I have constantly thought about becoming a developer and doing what I'm doing now, and I've achieved it. Now, perhaps that's probably through a blend of hard work um, and, uh, and passion, but I guess if you think about something all day long, all day, every day, and that's all you want to do, eventually, if you put the work in, you, you, you will get there. You'll do it. Yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, I feel like we'll, there's always going to be obstacles, like you say, the failures, but it's the people who kind of get past those obstacles and just keep pushing towards their goal. Yeah, there's, there's so many challenges in the property world. There's so many challenges in construction. Um, you know, you never know where the market's going to be by the time you built your development. You need to be able to adapt. You need to be able to weather the storm. Um, you know, you need to be in a position to change the development as you're building it. Um, sometimes if the market's moving and uh, the market's dropping, you certainly don't necessarily want to uh, continue on the course you were on before. You may need to change the interiors um, and adapt and that's something that's that's something that you need to keep an eye on every single day. And um, yeah, the, the market's constantly, I think, constantly moving, and you don't know where you're going to be by the time um, the end of a project life is. So you have to be you have to be constantly following the market and market trends. You said you worked at an estate agent. Did you kind of value experience from that estate agency? Did you learn a lot, or do you think you could have done what you're doing now without that experience? No, I did. I learned a lot. I, it was the place I, you know, cut my teeth. I learned a tremendous amount about the legal side of property. Um, obviously working with uh, lawyers on either side of property transactions. Um, that was important. Valuing property, understanding, understanding the market, buyer's needs. Um, it was, it was the most critical for me, the most critical starting block become a property developer to understand sales acquisitions um the uh, conveyancing legal side to the business to understand how the whole process works because unless you understand that um i think for me it would have been incredibly difficult to do what i'm doing now if i didn't have a, a, a firm understanding of how the property market actually works and the, uh, and the mechanics behind it yeah for sure you mentioned that you kind of wanted to work for yourself from an early age because of what you learned from your father. Um, are there any other things that motivate you? I always knew that I wanted to start uh, a brand and I saw benefit in creating a strong brand from, from very early on. And that, that a, a huge motivation for, for me. Um, I picked a name. It didn't take me long to come up with the name Meadway. Perhaps in hindsight, I wouldn't have used that name, but it was the name that I chose <laughs> and I've stuck with it and I've been running with it for years now. So it's too late to change it, even if I wanted to. Well, why do you say that? I, mean, I like the name Meadway. Because for us, like driving around Surrey, it's, that's why we kind of asked, asked you to be on here because we sure. see Meadway all the time. It's, quite, it's probably one of the most memorable brands in property development in yeah, Surrey definitely <laughs> so sure. no I appreciate that that's well it, it's nice to know that the um uh well the story goes that I needed a company name um I didn't have much going on at the time and I'll get on to how I started out my first ever development but I was with my parents one day 
many, many, many years ago. And I said, right, we need a name. We need to start a brand. We need to go for it. And obviously, I've seen some of the, the major brands in the area, obviously, in Surrey, uh, surrounding areas of London. And my parents lived in a road called Meadway. And we sat around for about 20 minutes. And I think it was my mum who came up with the idea of Meadway as a company name. I thought it was really nice. And it, I thought it would work. And we, we, we went with it. So what, what would you say contributed most to your success? And do you have any mentors that, um, that impacted your success as well? Yeah, I do. I'm very much all for people having mentors in life, especially in business life. And I was my, my father has been an incredible influence on me my whole life. Uh, he's been an incredibly successful man. He's been involved in many, many different businesses, everything from bars, nightclubs, uh, property development um, nationally. And also lucky enough to meet uh, another uh, dear friend and mentor, chap by the name of Graham Weiss. And Graham was the managing director for a very long time at a residential development company called Octagon. And yeah. you guys have heard of Octagon. Most people have, yeah. are, as far as I'm concerned, one of the leaders um, in the UK in terms of luxury residential property. And I approached Graham many, many years ago because he'd, he'd uh, had tremendous success himself. And Graham very kindly um, offered and agreed, perhaps, to teach me as much as he could about property, about development, about the market, um, about construction. And, and Graham really has been a tremendous influence and a great help for me over the years. We have a little ethos that a lot of people share with us, which is work hard, play hard. Do you um, live that ethos or are you more of just a work hard, forget the play? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm a, bit, I'm a bit older than you two now. Um, not to say that I don't. Um, enjoy myself and social life is really important to me but my father um, has um, been an incredible incredible influence on me and he's worked incredibly hard work work for me comes first it's as simple as that work comes first if you are more focused on having fun um, going out clubbing partying netflix all of those things i don't even watch much tv not for any other reason that i just enjoy reading more i enjoy um, um reading books and I, I enjoy sort of educating myself more than i enjoy watching tons of tv but that's just me i think if you are more focused on having fun that will reflect on how successful you're going to be now a lot of people manage it a lot of people manage to balance going out partying social life far more than they do um, their work and um some people manage it. They, they're incredibly successful and, and manage to socialise lots. I think for me, it's always been a case of working incredibly hard and sacrificing much of the time, sacrificing social life for um, for work. But for me, it's it, work comes first and always, always will do. But again, I love what I do. So for me, work is often play, and um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like work. Sometimes it does. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes work isn't fun, but what I do is I absolutely love, so I enjoy it. So, you know, it's, you know, I'm lucky, incredibly lucky in that regard. Is there like a time you remember, like a turning point or a particular decision you made, which has kind of got to got you where you are now? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I started Leadway Group many, many years ago 
as a purely speculative developer. So buying land, designing houses, and selling them on the open market. And I started off um, with a, my first ever property was called Pear Tree Cottage. It was a very small two-bedroom cottage in Walton-on-Thames in Surrey. And it was the first property I ever developed. Probably, I guess, still my, my favourite because it was the first one I ever did. For many, many years, Meadway was operating as a speculative developer, building lots and lots of houses all over the place, and mainly around Surrey. And we did very, very well. And we were winning a number of awards. We were becoming recognised yeah. as, as a fairly um, well-known local development company because we're based in Surrey. Around the same time, we were building larger and larger homes. Um, we built everything from small houses, as I mentioned before, all the way up to sort of six and a half million, 10, 12 million pound houses across central London, Belgravia, spreading all the way out now through Surrey. But it's been a long, laborious <laughs> at times and difficult journey with, with tremendous, tremendous challenges. And we have a separate division, which is Meadway Private Clients Construction, and that is our construction arm. So that started about five, six years ago now. So they're two very, very different sides to our business. We've got the development side and we've got the, we've got the um, construction side. So your goal has always been the same? Um, like have you reached your goal or has it just changed um, throughout your career? My, my intention's always been to continue growing the brand and adapting to the market to deliver you know, beautiful projects whilst adapting to the market. Market, we haven't always done and built what we're building today. So the market's moved consistently um, since we started. And I've never wanted to be pigeonholed uh, into one specific sector in development. We're moving as the market moves to offer clients exactly what they need. To sort of summarise your um, uh, personal career, um, what advice would you give to your your 21-year-old self? Oh, that's interesting. The most important thing is be willing to hear no a lot. Uh, you need to have a thick skin. I've got a far thicker skin now at the age of 38 than I did when I was 21 and work incredibly hard um, taking risk. And I think risk is incredibly important. It's calculated risk, and you have to be able to adapt and be a, be a bit of a chameleon in this world. I've always had a strong vision about what I want to create, and where I want my business to go, and just, just battled on um, through the hard times and the good. What kind of projects are you guys currently working on? So at the moment, we're, we've got a huge range of projects underway, everything from a school in Fulham, which is on the New Kings Road. Uh, we're also building muse houses in Barnes. We're building uh, mansions in Oxshot in Surrey uh, for a developer client. We've, we've got a, uh, a number of other large houses under construction around Surrey. Um, we've got an apartment scheme in Ashford, an apartment scheme in Richmond, so it's a, it's a it's a real blend. It's a real it's an eclectic blend of different um, projects, both for private individuals, um, investors, and um, uh, private clients. So I'd say to our listeners to go 
to Simon's page, um, Meadway Group on Instagram, and you can check out all the content there um, for a lot of what he's talking about. Um, in your personal experience, would you would you say Surrey or London is better um, for development? London is a completely different market that I've found compared to Surrey. Um, sure. Space is obviously at a premium in London. It's a different buyer. It's a different client. And the product is often very, very different to the homes that we build in Surrey. I wouldn't say one is better or one is worse. They're just very, very different. And again, it's all about adapting the product and the service, I guess, to um, each individual project and each client. Simon, so as you know, I'm Maverick uh, in the interiors and furniture industry. So I want to find out for future developers, um, how instrumental do you think decorating a home is to um, the sales value achieved? Interior architects are really critical to the process because they manage the space planning and the flow and functionality of a building, of a house. And interior design doesn't just start at wall coverings and flooring it, and furnishings and soft, and soft furnishings. It really starts far earlier. And the interior architect is, is also as critical as the interior designer. And you find that most specialist successful interior design companies have their own interior architect who work alongside the interior designers and myself client developer um sort of the team to make sure that everything works together from the from the very beginning would you say you have a, a passion for interiors on your projects or do you leave the designing to the interior designers so it depends. It depends if I'm building a house for a private client. And if a private client wants to build them a house, and they bring on board their own uh, interior designers. Of course, we work with them closely to deliver the house to the specification and quality that they want. When I'm building a development to sell, I select the interior designers and we always use them. I do not... Um, embark on a project without interior designers they really are absolutely critical uh, for a development and um we work with some fantastic interior designers global interior designers um who all have different styles and can adapt to the uh to the style that, that we want to uh, achieve so simon um as you know maverick are in the interiors and furniture industry we understand you work with a range of international interior designers. What challenges do you face? Yeah, that's interesting. We we do work with a number of international interior designers. Um, some offer an absolutely fantastic hands-on service, um, and some, sadly, don't. But that's not to say they're not equally as, as good as each other. As you both know, during construction, you're always faced with challenges. It's, uh, it's a daily it's a daily um, uh, issue that's faced across all of our um, projects, and you overcome them. Some interior designers can be incredibly expensive, I found. I guess that's the client's choice. If they're willing to pay um, those sums for an interior designer, then that's their choice. I just find some interior designers perhaps charge 
a little too much um, for the service they provide. But it's all about having working with a team that are hands-on and available and understand the challenges that um, contractors face on site and are uh, willing to overcome those challenges and think out the box a bit. I guess sometimes interior designers, what, what they think is going to work uh, when they're looking at their plans on a screen or, or plans on site aren't necessarily what we end up with. Um, and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, things evolve. Things will, things will get, you know, things move organically on a building site when something's under construction and often um, changes are made for the benefit of the client and to the benefit of the property in the long run. So next we wanted to talk about the future of Meadway um, and the marketing and branding that you've created. Um, so we've noticed that Meadway has a very strong brand. Do you contribute a lot of your success to your branding and marketing? It's, a, it's an interesting question. I guess branding um, has become far more prominent. We've got some very big building sites um, across central London, spanning out through Surrey. I think marketing is very important. We don't advertise. I think we took out one advert once in a local property um, related magazine. And whilst it looked fantastic in there, I don't think that it necessarily drew too much um, business towards us. Where I think we've done incredibly well and continue to do well is word of mouth. And if you offer extremely good customer service and aftercare, people recommend you to their friends, um, to other architects, to other interior designers and to private clients. I think our branding on all of our hoarding has done us great favours, and it continues to. But actually, if you strive to deliver the very, very best quality and interior, sorry, and um, and customer service, your company will grow organically, I found. And that's always been incredibly important to me and a, and a, and a major focus for my business. Where do you see Meadway in 10 years? Well, I guess I would love to see Meadway Group um, continue on the trajectory that it's on at the moment, um, gaining, uh, you know, going from strength to strength, both speculatively across London, adapting to the market, um, those market challenges that we're all facing constantly, um, stamp duty moves constantly or has moved in the past. Brexit wasn't fun. Um, I'd like to see Meadway continue to adapt with those market trends um, to deliver um, desirable housing um, uh, for years to come. And I'd also like Meadway Private Clients, our construction division, to continue to grow exponentially and deliver the fantastic, the large... um, commercial and residential schemes for our clients um, without growing too quickly um, just to make sure that we you know the, the quality we keep that quality keep that um, momentum and also ensure that the projects we deliver are delivered to the absolute best of our ability so it's not it's not about growth for me it's not about growing a huge company with lots and lots of staff um, it has to be done organically and it has to be done mindfully 
um, to make sure that the company doesn't um, overextend itself, which is where a lot of builders and developers have gone uh, wrong over the years. So I'm mindful about not growing too quickly, but doing it just right and, and following the market and doing it sensibly. We just wanted to ask you about coronavirus. Has it affected your company directly and has it affected the wider industry? Well, luckily, Corona hasn't personally affected me. I haven't, I haven't suffered from the virus, um, which, is, which is great. But it has affected the construction industry and development world um, unquestionably, uh, especially in terms of getting materials to site. Um, lots of factories closed and are still closed, uh, both in the UK and across Europe, where we procure a lot of our uh, materials and products from. So it's had a knock-on effect on delivering our projects for our clients on time, um, which is absolutely critical for all of our all of our clients, as you can imagine. We're, we're still we're still just as busy as we were before the virus hit. Um, that's not looking to slow down at all, and um, we're, we're we're really grateful for that. But it has been a challenge. It continues to be a challenge, not just for us, but for the construction industry and development world as a whole. Sure. sure. Would you kind of can you recommend to us and the listeners any books you've read? Oh wow! Um, well, actually, there's a book that I really enjoy by uh, a guy called Eckhart Tolle, which is The Power of Now, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Um, I guess, in a nutshell, it's all about focusing on the moment that you're in rather than looking back in the past or concerning yourself too much with the future, just to enjoy the moment you're in, not worry too much about what's going to happen in the future. So the power of now has been a tremendous influence for me. Um, I guess there's people like Liz Brown, Tony Robbins. I've read all of the Tony Robbins books I can get my hands on. I just think he's an incredible, incredible person, um, incredibly motivational. There's a guy at the moment called David Meltzer, who I follow um, with passion on Instagram. Uh, he's um, he's a serious motivation for me. Um, uh, Bob Proctor, all of the Bob Proctor books I've always enjoyed. Um, I like hearing about failure. Um, I like hearing about people who are successful now, like Walt Disney, um, Colonel Saunders, who started KFC. They had terrible, terrible failures, but just kept on going. <laughs> and... Um, and just fighting through it and just not, you know, just, you know, never giving up, just never, ever giving up and just keep on going. So I enjoy hearing about people who have become a success after failure. I'm not too interested in looking at Instagram pages where all you see is success and hear about is success because but I can assure you from my experience behind every success is a ton of failure. And I think it's important to educate people as well. I think it's unfair not to do so. And there's a lot, there's a lot of motivational speakers out there who focus on those failures and um that's what i really enjoy sure i think i like to say the stack up your private victories um which will lead to your public victories so on instagram and stuff all you see are the public victories but no one's actually seeing the private victories which has resulted in those public victories so yeah i think that's a really important point that you still need to work hard it doesn't just come like that yeah. Um, There's also another guy that I've seen recently who I really enjoyed. It's a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V on Instagram. He's um, he's got an energy that I can't uh, I can't uh, 
kind of mad <laughs> how he gets his energy, but he is he's, he's truly motivational. And again, he's very inspirational for young people as well because he focuses on he focuses in on challenges and problems and taking risk and really not caring what other people think about you. And I think that's important. You just don't care about what other people think. You just got to do your own thing. Because a lot of people will give you bad advice um, in life and you just got to do your own thing. Keep, keep, keep that, keep your eye, keep your focus on what you want. I'd just like to say thank you very much for giving us your time um, and an insight into your life and uh, how you've built Meadway over the years. Yeah, I know we've learned a lot and I hope um, for the audience listening, um, they've all learned a lot too. Yeah, thanks guys. Th- thanks for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I hope, uh, I hope people have enjoyed what I've said.